You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Central bankers are back at their desk for 2024 and two major central banks have come out with pronunciations over the last 48 hours or so. Firstly, the US Federal Reserve in the United States, of course, and then today the Bank of England. With me to discuss what they said and what they might say in the future is Russell Silverstone, investment strategist at 91 in London. Let's start with the Fed, please, um, Russell. It sort of disappointed the market. The market was priced for perfection when it came to monetary policy. Perfection wasn't really delivered, apparently. No, that's exactly right, Lindsay. Um, I think the key meeting was December, where essentially they said, look, you know, policy is is very tight. It's slowing the economy. Rates are as high as they need to go. And the time's come to consider when we reverse that. And of course, the market just, you know, as you say, rallied and rallied and, um, you know, discounted an awful lot of um, rate cuts. And then last night, he basically sort of said the same thing, which is, um, you know, we're making good progress on inflation. We just want to be confident that we've got inflation licked. And that probably means we can't cut in March. And of course, the market said, oh, my God, you can't cut in March. But, you know, I think I think the market just forgets the big picture, which is, does it really matter whether it's May or June or March? And the answer is no, of course it doesn't. You know, the fact is the Fed um, are now looking to start reducing interest rates. So it's, you know, it's a significant change. And uh, I think sometimes markets just sort of trade the headlines and don't really listen to, to what the policymakers say. Oh, quite right. I mean, if, if I was an investor in the stock market or in the bond market, I would say I like the prudence mm, mm. of the uh, Federal Open Market Committee in the US. They haven't gone gung-ho and tried to rectify the ills of the past by getting ahead of the curve so-called, I think is a nice conservative, not stabilising, but certainly encouraging attitude towards the data, which undoubtedly will start flooding in over the next few weeks. Totally agree. Um, They got this wrong. Uh, Let's face it, we had a a generational shock and, and, and a huge rise in inflation, which is, you know, cost people dear. Um, and they are going to be super cautious um, that that sort of episode is, is now behind us. Um, the danger is, of course, they're, they're fighting the last battle. Um, but I think, you know, they are conservative institutions and I think that probably makes sense. Um, there's going to be nothing worse than they sort of start cutting interest rates aggressively. And of course, the Inflation picks up again, um, which, of course, is exactly what you saw uh, in the 1970s. Um, and that's the lesson they're trying to avoid. So they will be cautious um, and be sort of um, guided by the data. And, and we should say the data looks good. You know, on a, a six-month annualized basis, inflation is back to target. But they want to see that, you know, they want to see that it's not a head fake. So absolutely right. They will continue to be very, very cautious. They need confirmation before they pull the trigger, I think. What about the Bank of England? Different story because of uh, different phases of uh, the two economies between the United States and uh, Britain. But uh, again, conservatism. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, again, um, they have shifted... Um, you know, they're no longer looking to, to hike rates. Um, and, the, you know, the focus is now shifted to how long do we need to remain at the current level? Uh, and, and, and when can we start thinking about reducing rates? Um, so, again, you know, it's, it's a positive message. The difference, I think, between the US and, uh, and the UK is um, we've got more, we've seen more inflation persistence in the UK. We think that's fading rapidly, but wages have been rising uh, much more quickly and sort of domestically generated inflation has been much higher. And therefore, the bank have been very, very cautious. Uh, but yeah, again, you know, they're looking to reduce. Um, we actually think inflation is going to come down a 
lot quicker than they think. The economy is definitely weak. And so, you know, again, they're looking to reduce rates over the course of this year. But the market, again, slightly disappointed that they weren't more aggressive. But I think the markets don't think about the nature of these institutions, which is what you, you mentioned earlier. Just on the Bank of England and Britain's economy uh, point of view, why do you think it's going to come down quicker, inflation that is? Is it because of lack of demand in the economy? Is it because people are not spending? Is it because... Um, what was the other point I was going to make? You'll have to help me out with that. But I had another one, which I'll come into. But is it uh, the fact that people are not going to spend? So the demand side of the equation is tapped somewhat. Yeah, it's all, all, all of the above. It's exactly that. I, I think um, if you think about you know what caused uh, the global spike in inflation, you had massive supply disruption, met solid sort of demand for goods while people were you know essentially locked in their homes. Um, uh, with the UK, the supply side uh, is quite constrained. You know, our trend rate of growth is very low. So you, you've had this sort of real problem where even sort of meagre demand has out, outstripped supply. Um, and um, I, I have to say it, but, you know, Brexit sort of um, stops a whole cohort of people coming in to fill vacancies. And so we had more of an embedded problem. It's now flipping around completely. So unemployment's risen um, by over half a percent, which doesn't sound like much, but that's usually consistent with a recession. You know, people haven't got money. Um, Mm. Retail sales in value terms went up, but in volume terms... Uh, um, sort of have been falling. People are paying more for less stuff. And yeah, there's there's a real, um, you know, interest rate hikes have hit people with mortgages quite quickly. Um, It's it's a whole combination of things. It's very similar to Eurozone. Growth in 2023 was essentially flat. Um, And the contrast with the US is is massive. But I think the US had sort of several things in its favour. But uh, I think that's why. And so, you know, as inflation, the demand isn't there, uh, inflation will just fall back much more quickly. Okay, now we have to talk about positioning. Is it easy, and you know, I'm a simple person. Is it the easy trade to just say, close your eyes and buy the bonds? The yields are going to fall, bond markets are going to go up. Uh, so, with with uh, you know, obviously, in a circumspective sort of way, just just keep on nibbling away at the bonds. Well, yes, but I think um, you know you have to talk about the the dreaded yield curve um, and just just put it in simple terms. Okay, so the Fed are going to cut interest rates. Yeah. Um, so let's go and buy US twos, which yield you um, four point. Let's call it four point one five percent. That's a whole percent below where cash is. So there's a negative, um, sort of annualised one percent, sort of negative carry against cash on those bonds. So in order to make money on that position, you know you need yields to fall further than the loss you're going to make on cash. So it, it's not as straightforward as that. Cause you essentially you have to think you know, the funding cost. I think that's probably the, the easiest way to put it. Um, and you know it's not straightforward. Um, but yeah, ultimately, if interest rates come down more than is priced into the curve, and that's the key decision. You know, what's priced in for expectation, they come down more, then it's going to look very attractive. And what is interesting is that the market is not really thinking interest rates are going to go back to a, a, what we'd call a neutral level, you know, not too hot, not too cold. They, they remain above that level. But if you think um, UK, Eurozone, US are sort of going back to a more neutral setting, then there's most definitely money to be made uh, in bonds. And, and that's what we've been uh, that's what we've been doing. You know, it's, it's worked pretty well. But I think because we are at this turning point in the cycle, it, it, it's quite volatile. 
Uh, am I allowed to ask you what your targets are for interest rates in the, both of the countries that we've spoken of? Well, to be, <laughs> you are, but to, to be totally honest with you, we don't make spot forecasts in terms of, in terms of that. What we'd be guided by is, is a valuation. And, you know, they're much closer. I haven't got them in front of me, unfortunately. But, um, you know, 10-year sort of fair value is going to be much closer to, in, in the US to, to, to 3% than, than the current 382. And that valuation is is sort of based on, on where you think the sort of that neutral level of interest rates is. And as I say, the, you know, the market just isn't pricing a, a, a um, you know, a reversion to that sort of neutral level. Um, so that that's where the value comes from. Russell, thanks so much for your analysis. Russell Silverstone is an investment strategist at 91 in London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.